0: You're listening to Small But Mighty, the podcast of the Small Nonprofits Alliance, the online hub for Australia's small charities. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our very last episode of Small But Mighty, the podcast for small nonprofits for 2021. Um, my name is Kirsty Wallet. I'm a co-founder of the Small Nonprofits Alliance,
1: and I'm here with our founder, Bianca Crocker. Hi, B. Hi, Kirsty. Hi, everyone. It's um, so great to be doing this last episode for 2021. It's been a big and long year, I think, for many, um, many of us and many small charities in particular in, across Australia, especially along the Eastern Seaboard. So it's really great to um, to bring this episode to everyone. Before we get started today, and in
0: the spirit of reconciliation, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Yes, it really has been a big year. And um, although we don't want this whole episode to be about COVID, it really has played a really large part in charities and particularly small charities having to continue to be really nimble this year and move with the changes. I mean, we had more lockdowns in Australia this year, which obviously affected the ability for non-profits to run events and connect with people.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's been a challenging year. I think I think uh, for a lot of people that I've spoken to in the space, they felt like last year was, was particularly challenging, but then Um, over the summer months things seem to get a bit brighter but then again for um, as we said further extensions of lockdowns and and things this year has really um, you know really been tiring for a lot of people that are perhaps Mm. already you know working in small charities it is can be particularly tiring so um, yeah so hopefully we've got um, we can talk about some of the silver linings of the year though Definitely, and a lot of people who work in small nonprofits
0: may be listening to this episode just before Christmas, and really only just being able to put their feet up and and breathe a sigh of relief. Um, A lot of organizations become really busy around Christmas time, particularly those in the homelessness space, uh, or. Organisations are running uh, Christmas appeals and hoping to really have a lot of people's support in the lead up to Christmas. So we're probably chatting to a lot of exhausted people right now, um, yeah, and us I included, think so. I
1: think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Again, a lot of people that I've spoken to are having, you know, significantly longer breaks over this holiday mm. period if, if their organisation is one that, you know, isn't active in their programs and services Um from, from Christmas, you know, to for a good few weeks into the new year. So, I think everyone really needs a rest and um, more importantly, perhaps a reset ready for, for next year. So, let's get into the crux of this episode. What we're going to be talking about today
0: is we're going to share each of our highlights, just one highlight each around what we think was really fantastic for small nonprofits in 2021, and there were a lot of positives as well as along with those challenges we've already mentioned. Um, and then later in the episode, we're going to be talking about a little bit of advice um, that we have for small nonprofits moving into 2022. Because I think we are still going to have some uncertainty around um, what we'll be doing in the community. Uh, and the good thing is, though, that small nonprofits are really nimble, aren't they? And so um, some of this advice will be around helping with some planning and looking through positively
1: to 2022. Yeah, definitely that that ability to um, to see how nimble and agile small charities have you know really are has been um, really a delight. I think over the last eighteen months or so, um, small charities that I speak to continue to step up through all the challenges and continue to deliver their mission and work with their beneficiaries in really positively um, po- positive ways. So it's been great. So Bianca,
0: tell me what's your highlight. Your biggest highlight for small charities this year?
1: So, for me, it's an interesting one. I think it's really been about seeing how small charities have really had that ability to lean in to better and um, more wholesome or purposeful, perhaps I should say, donor engagement. So, I think for small charities, a lot of them, um, and we've spoken about this on the podcast and in various masterclasses before, for a lot of small charities, events and community fundraising ha- are, are a large part of what they do in terms of generating funds and engaging with their community around them. But I think with the COVID and lockdowns and various social restrictions, uh, having those sorts of events happen has been really, really um, hard or or near impossible basically. A lot of events, especially last year, a lot of events were cancelled and things weren't able to proceed. So, I think over the last 18 months, but in particular this year, I've seen a lot of organisations really lean into that ability to do better donor engagement, really try and connect with their supporters, Learn. They they're wanting to learn more about how to better um, communicate. So we've had a lot of feedback from our members around the idea of um, you know EDM. So how can we better use EDMs to communicate with our supporters? How can we better use socials? We've had a, a lot of positive response to some of the masterclass and learnings that we've offered in that space. So I think that um, for me is a highlight because in all honesty, really good best practice fundraising is all about donor relationships and making sure we do bring our donors into the center of our organization in our thinking and our planning um, so being able to see you know i think the smaller ch- charities sometimes have a challenge in how they do that because they are really focused on getting the events happening and a little bit running in a hamster wheel but this this um opportunity, I guess, to sort of move into that more donor engagement space and really being um, talking more to your donors and your supporters has been really great to see a lot of small charities do. I think it's come
0: out of necessity as well, hasn't it? As we talked about and as you mentioned, a lot of small organisations didn't actually have a lot of their regular work to do. So, it was about how can we stay connected to our community when we're not organizing events for them when we're not asking for donations because people are financially stressed right now or it's not appropriate or we're in the middle of a COVID outbreak or a lockdown Um, so I suppose it's come out of necessity hasn't it that they're looking for ways
1: to connect and a lot of those ways have really been digital haven't they yeah absolutely absolutely and it has come out of necessity but I think it's been a really positive thing that I'm hoping um, a lot of charities have perhaps learnt some new skills or Mm. refined their skills um, in those areas to making sure that digital communication uh, can continue into the future because it really having um, engaged supporters really allows your uh, organization to do some excellent things especially in terms of fundraising Mm.
0: So, my highlight is also around the digital space, but it's um, I think Instagram has been a really big highlight for small nonprofits this year. Obviously, Instagram's nothing new. Um, and we have seen it maybe over the last two years and since the pandemic has begun. Um, this embracing of social media a little bit more from charities and non profits' point of view, but I think Instagram has really flourished as a space for small non profits. There's been a real shift in what content people want to see. There's a lot of really educational based content. You can share advice and tips. Um, you can. It's not just about uploading a beautiful photo anymore. You can educate people through your Instagram platform as a nonprofit. Um, the stories, the reels, the way you can put a post up with multiple slides and tell a story as well. I think it's just really expanded. And I think for me, what I love to see is that small organisations are putting the time into it as well and seeing the value that's there and that and are in the space. Um, I think it's happened for a lot of reasons. I think there's been that um, realisation for maybe organisations that weren't as digitally connected that it is going to be important that the pandemic's not over yet, that digital is still going to be really essential with engaging with donors and community, like you mentioned. But I think also we've seen a lot of changes within the Facebook landscape in the last 12 to 24 months, and we know small charities are really reliant on Facebook. And I think there's still a lot of great things about Facebook for small charities. But it's a little bit harder than it used to be. And I think um, Instagram offers that space to be able to educate and communicate
1: and connect in a really different way. Mm. I think your mention of um, how small charities can use Instagram to really tell great stories is something that is paramount. Uh, really positive storytelling, sharing how your organisation is having its impact is really critical to to garnering that support and that continued support. Um, so it's been great to see a lot of uh, charities, small charities in particular, use that space on Instagram to do it. And there's some wonderful things out there that we are seeing. And I know it's we've we've as a small nonprofit alliance have a face uh so, sorry, have an Instagram presence, um, which we didn't well, have well no yeah, we're new we didn't to have Instagram this months year to
0: too. No, we so didn't I, resources didn't allow us. But I mean, even I mean look, Instagram's nothing new and nobody's doing anything revolutionary here. But it really has become a space where we can connect with our members as well. And that is new for us. That's that wasn't the case with Instagram when we started the Not Small Nonprofits Alliance in
1: 2019 Mm. so but and that was because we could see that there wasn't a lot of small charities in that space but for us now it makes a lot of sense because we're out there seeing a lot of these small organizations and our members um, on Instagram so it's it's another great platform to be able to connect with people.
0: So that probably leads us really well into talking about advice for next year. What do you think is going to be really important in 2022, given what's happened even just in the last couple of months that, you know, um, I mean, Australia as a country is opening up a lot more, but we've still got that shadow of the pandemic there affecting things?
1: Yeah. So my advice for small charities for 2022 um, is a little linked to my highlight from this year in that it's about people and it's about connection, but it's not what you think it might be. <laughs> um, in this case, I think, I think the charities are doing the work with their donors, uh, but I think my piece of advice is to really, for the small charity leaders to be able to really connect with and consider the people around them and but people i mean the staff and the volunteers really nurture those relationships really take care of people and also take to take care of yourself as a nonprofit leader i know for a lot of people that's been something that's been challenging over the last year or so but i think through the pandemic one thing we have learned is the value of that human connection and of supporting each other. So we want to make sure that we can do that for our members and for small charities across Australia and and elsewhere um, through the work that we offer. But I think, yeah, my advice for 2022 is, is a little different because I usually have a fundraising hat on in my mm. advice and those sorts of things. But I think in this case, it's really about um, making sure we're taking care of our staff, even you might only have one or two staff and they might only be part time but we need to be mindful um, or more mindful, I should say, of where everyone's at. And like we said earlier, a lot of people will be resetting, relaxing and resetting over the holidays. So, let's all come back into 2022 with a refreshed um, outlook um, and an ability to really uh, you know, remember that Yes, we can do meetings on Zoom and we can interact with Zoom but uh, and virtually, but where possible, let's catch up in person again. That's really nice for, for people as well, um, whether it be through a volunteer function or with your staff or a wider team, even connecting with your board. I think these things are really important. We need to make sure we are embracing that human connection because all of that is important to the work of um, of small charities everywhere.
0: Well, that's um, leading perfectly into my piece of advice for the new year, 2022, and um, we talked about this as well. And it's a little bit in contradiction with yours, but I think it fits with it nicely. Um, I think the online space is going to continue to be really important. I know people have Zoom fatigue at the moment and I completely get it. It's uh, been a way that we've stayed connected. Um, But I, and I I do recognise, you know, as you said, it's going to be important for people to start um connecting in person and then that will be important and that will be able to happen. But I still think um, as you mentioned, hybrid events are here to stay and that Zoom is going to the way we interact on Zoom and the way we provide events and connection in the digital space. I think that's something we need to keep with us. Mm. Um, I think mainly for small nonprofits because it's very resource friendly. If you think about the resources and money and time that it takes to put on an actual event, and if you can transfer something like that to a hybrid event or a virtual event, um, the money, I mean, look, you're probably still um, working yourself into the ground to organise the event, but the money and the time and the not hiring events and the things that you don't need to do because you're doing it in the online space. And I do think after people come back from a Christmas and New Year break, and as you said, a lot of people are taking an extended break, I think there will be this fresh approach um, and people still embracing the Zoom environment, particularly mm. in the nonprofit space. I think it's a bit different to the corporate world where there's probably been a really heavy reliance on Zoom. But I think, um, as we said, small nonprofits are nothing if not resourceful. And I'd really like to see people carry that approach to being able to mix an event. Um, Mm. to make it a connection. I think there's been a real change in, um, and we've talked about this before, Bianca, too, in the approach to webinars, to Zoom as well. I feel like in the last 12 months, trainings that I've attended, trainings that we've done through the Alliance, have become a little bit more relaxed Mm. uh, and a little bit more conversational and two-way. It's not that they're not professional, it allows, people are almost hungry for that connection and mm. there's been that space to allow it. And so I think that will be something that will be really fantastic cont- to continue as well. That instead of being able to pop on for a webinar, there's this interaction and this two-way conversation and connection that happens in a webinar or happens in your Zoom that may not have been happening 12 months ago.
1: Yeah, I I, I totally agree with everything. And I, and I don't think it's too... Um, I don't think it's um, opposing to my um, advice for next year because mine was more so about that connection. And, yes, if you can do it in person, that's great, but definitely use that virtual space. But the connection and that change in that um, online event space is really interesting. I was actually involved in a small charities event online last week and something happened in that event that I've that has never happened in a small in a virtual event that I've been in and it was truly delightful so it was a book launch for a small charity and uh, the patron of the small charity spoke at the beginning and was welcoming the host or the MC um, and she asked the, the, the person doing the introduction asked everyone to unmute themselves and to give a round of applause for the guest that was coming on to, nice. um, to speak, which was really, and everyone did. And it was really yeah. lovely because, you know, you can put your little virtual clapping hand in the corner of your Zoom screen, which is nice. And if you've got, you know, lots of people on a call, it might not make sense. But we couldn't all hear each other. We would ju- And it was just a really nice way to acknowledge um. Do you know to that so even in that small instance that was a bit of a hybrid event you know bringing yeah. those two things together but I do think um and it would know, have I sounded think, like a real event in real life where you yeah. can't hear everything everyone in the room
0: saying and you yeah. have multiple conversations and there's noise everywhere it would have been really refreshing I
1: imagine yeah it was quite lovely so I think your your point around um the the way that these online events are shifting to a more relaxed dial um, is is great uh, because it does allow for that connection. I think from the, um, you know, we just want to be mindful that people, you know, do um, want that connection. So, whether it is sending an email to say hello to someone or checking in with your staff or your volunteers um, or your supporters, uh, we want to make sure that those things Continue into 2022.
0: And on that note, let's wrap it up. Who needs to listen to an hour podcast episode at the end of the year? I don't know that (laughs) I have that stamina, (laughs) and I don't know that anyone else out there does. So we're going to keep it short and sweet and wish everyone a very happy holiday period and restful and relaxing new year with family and friends that you may not have seen for a year or two. Um, And also want to extend a huge thank you for the support from our members of the Small Nonprofits Alliance. We've had a massive year and we've had a lot of new members join us and we've had some fantastic feedback and engagement with the podcast as well. And we really thank everyone for listening all year and supporting us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I acknowledge what you've said and just echo that those sentiments really. Merry Christmas to everyone. Have a great break Um, and we look forward to, um, you know, supporting small charities again into the future, into the new year, and always, um, as we say, we're open to any feedback and suggestions. So more than happy for anyone to reach out um, to us on any of the platforms available.
0: And on that note, um, thank you again,
1: Bianca. It's been
0: a pleasure this year and uh, we look forward to more podcast episodes We look forward to more podcast episodes. I don't know what a podcast is. I think I'm thinking about Christmas pudding already. Um, (laughs) We might have to leave that one in. I don't think I should edit that one out. It's probably quite a nice light note to end on. Um, Great to chat again, Bianca. And thank you everyone again for listening. We'll be back in January 2022.